0: Ephesians chapter 1, there's a there's a bank, and their slogan for this bank is, you're richer than you think, that's the slogan, you're richer than you think, and if you do a little bit of research, which I did on this bank, and uh, their net worth last year, 2022, was 7.4 billion dollars. So my, my thinking is they should change their slogan to we're richer than you think. $7.4 billion, that's a, that's a chunk. That's like, that's like the budget for Avery County, ain't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're richer than you think. According to Fox News, and I was doing a little research on this this week, 63% of Americans live paycheck to paycheck. I think we can all say we've been there and done that one paycheck to paycheck. So many Americans are a lot more poor than they think that they are. There's a a farmer down in Texas. He's a rancher in Texas, and uh, he was doing the same thing. He was living paycheck to paycheck. He couldn't pay his mortgage, and he couldn't pay the taxes on that farm until he struck oil, and he struck oil And they came in, and and they they created this farm, and uh, they they call it the The Yates Oil Field is what it's called now. And it has produced over one billion barrels of oil. One billion barrels of oil. So he is now richer than he thought he was, and he can now pay his taxes and all that stuff. We'd all like to believe that we're richer financially than we really truly are. If you're a Christian, though, And that's what I want to talk about today for a little bit, is you're richer spiritually than you think you are. We might not have deep pockets. And if I get glitter on me, I'm going to kick these trees off the stand up here. Oh, (laughs) We wish... A lot of us wish that we were richer than we truly are financially. We wish we had deep pockets. There's, you know, there's, there's times like right now where we wish that we could give more to the church. We could give more to those that are in need. We could give more to the, the homeless or we could give more to, to nonprofits or whatever it is. We wish we were financially better off than we are, but that's financially financially spiritually as christians we're a lot richer than we think that we are spiritually thinking and we're going to look at god's blessing spiritually thinking we are way better off spiritually than we are financially in this world god has blessed us you're rich because of god Not because God has wrote you a check and said, here, put this in your bank account. Not because God has given you a nice house or a nice car or or anything like that. We are rich because he has blessed us in many, many different ways. We're rich, if you want to get right down to it, we're rich because of that old rugged cross. We're rich because of the birth of his son, Jesus Christ. We are rich people, blessed and beyond measure, rich because of jesus god has done something for us that no one else could ever do for us that's what makes us rich if you've got your bibles open stand just a moment we're going to be in ephesians 1 verse 3 through 14 the bible says blessed be the god and father of our lord jesus christ who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings and heavenly places in christ according as he hath chosen us and him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before him in love having predestined uh, us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will to the praise of the glory and of his grace wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved in whom we have redemption through the blood through his blood both which are in heaven and which are on earth even in him in whom also we have obtained an inheritance being predestinated predestined according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will that we should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted in Christ in whom ye also trusted after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that ye believed ye were sealed, I love that, ye were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Verse 14, which is the earnest of our inheritance, and to the redemption of the purchased possession, and to the praise of his glory. Let's pray. Lord God, this morning we just want to thank you for, Oh, Lord, your grace, your mercy. God, we thank you for your love and kindness. God, we can't thank you enough for where, you have, where you've been shown. God, where you have stepped in and to fill voids to give us the strength the encouragement. Lord, to give us exactly what we need in times of need. And I pray, God, today as we open up your word, as we read your word, I pray, God, it would touch the hearts of those that are here. God, I pray that your grace... Lord, it would just be shown. Lord, we know that it's sufficient. We've seen it. Lord, we've seen it in the weeks before us, and I thank you for that. And I pray, God, that your grace would continue just to overflow, and your abundance of love would just fill up our hearts today. God, and I pray that you would continue to bless this little church, those that make it up. And Lord, just be with us today as we go through this message. May it be a blessing to someone who's here. And I pray, God, that we give you the praise, honor, and glory. i this in your son's name, we pray. Amen. You have a seat. In Paul's letters, he usually begins thanking his readers. That's, how, that's why I like the way Paul writes. He starts out being nice. He's, he's a good guy. He's a nice guy, especially from where he came from. But he starts out thanking the readers for something, for their obedience, thanking them for their donation where they have been given to him, uh, supporting him as a missionary. He always thanks them as he starts this, his letters, but not this one. This letter, he starts out praising God. So you know he's a little bit excited. He's a, he's a lot excited because he's praising God. And we're going to look through just one verse today, just verse three. That's, that's where we're going to be we're going to park on that one for a while because the way that he praised God' it's just right out of the gate, praising God. In the original Greek, this uh, what we just read from verse three to verse 14 was one sentence. It was 202 words. It was one sentence. And it's called a eulogy. Now, when I say eulogy, what do we think? Funeral. Right off the bat, you say eulogy, that means we think it means funeral. But it's a lot deeper than a funeral. What it is, it's, it's something, it's a speech, it's a praise to someone or something. That's what a eulogy is. So eulogy should not be given just at a funeral. We should be using eulogies a lot more. Giving praise to God. We have a eulogy for God. So we should be giving praise to God just like Paul did. He said some kind things. He said some great things. He said some really nice things to start off the conversation with the church of Ephesus. He wanted to start off on a good note, not just by thanking them, but by thanking God. And he took it in three steps. If you read it, his eulogy praises three people. His eulogy praises the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. That's what his eulogy just did. He praised the three Praise the three. Verse 4 through 6 is the father. 7 through 12 is the son. And verse 13 and 14, that's the Holy Spirit. That's a eulogy. He praised him. He thanked him for what he had done, what he was doing for them, and what he had done for him. The church of Ephesus needed this. They needed to be in this encouragement right now. In, the, in this one verse, this one verse, verse 3 right here, there's a form of blessed, bless, blessed, blessings. Three times we see it in one verse, and that's what we're going to look at, is those three blessings that Paul is talking about when he's talking about God and how God has blessed them. The first first one is God is to be blessed. God is to be blessed. Verse 3 says, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. This blessed means praise. That is what he wanted to do. Paul could have started out with thank you so much for your financial contributions. Thank you so much for your support. Thank you so much for your prayers. Thank you for all that you're doing for me. Thank you for establishing a church and, and keeping the church going. Thank you, thank you, thank you. That's how he could have started and he normally would have started, but not on this one. These people needed some encouragement. And if you're going to encourage somebody, the best way to do it is by the Word of God. The best way to encourage somebody is to let them know, hey, God's on your side. The best way to do it is to bless God and let them partner with you in this encouragement. Let them partner with you in this time of prayer. Let them partner with you as brothers and sisters in Christ. So he's doing that. He said, hey, let's just bless God while we're at it. Before we start, let's just bless God. Blessed be the God, I love it, it says, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Praised. Blessed means praised right here on this one. The blessing that mentions God, it's not making a wish. He's not saying that you need to wish upon God, wish upon a star. That's not the kind of blessing that some people would take that as. It's not a wishing blessing. What this is right here is it's, it's a declaration. It's blessed is God. He's, he's declaring the blessings upon God. And he's saying, join us. Come on, just join me. Jo- join me. And I don't know who I was with him when he wrote this, if anybody. But you think about Timothy and, and, and Barnabas and all the people that were typically with Paul. He said, join us in this blessing. Join us in this declaration to God that we have. Be a part of this. Two other New Testament eulogies begin the same way. Paul did it one other time in 2 Corinthians. He says, Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. That's Paul twice. Right there's Paul. But then Peter does it too in 1 Peter 1. He said, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again into a lively hope By the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. So in the New Testament, blessed. Blessed is is used eight times. But it's never for humans. Eight times. Eight times. But it never is talking about human beings. In the New Testament, when it says blessed, it's talking about God. It is always talking about God. Yes, we're blessed people. We are so blessed. We are blessed beyond measure. I can't tell you how blessed we are right now. But it's not talking about us. It's talking about him. It's talking about him. Only to God. It's never about humans. It's only about God. So why should God be blessed? Why should God be blessed? I'm not going to tell you. I ain't going to say a word about that one. We've all got our own. And, and we all have our reasons why God should be blessed because He has blessed us all greatly and in different ways. Every one of us in different ways. And so, when I ask you that question, why should God be blessed? That's your own answer because we're all different. Secondly, God has blessed us in Christ. God has blessed us in Christ. Verse 3 again, it says, Who hath blessed us? Us. Us. This us refers not only to Paul in the, in the original readers here, but it, it's all of God's people. That's, that's us. All the, all the whosoevers that are here this morning, that's the us. All the, the men and women and the children that have accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, that's, that's us. The church of Ephesus, that's us. The church at Chestnutdale, that's us. The church in America, that's us. It's all of us. Paul could have just said, me and my buddies. Paul could have said just me and the church plants that I've had a part of, but he didn't. He said us, and that us was the whole world. Anyone that reads the Word of God, that's the us that he's talking about. The blessings Paul's talking about were not given to us because of who we are or what we have done. That's not what he's talking about because you know Beyond the shadow of doubt that there is not one thing that we could have done for salvation. There's not one thing that we could have done to gain entry into heaven. There's not one thing that we humans could possibly do on earth right now that could grant us access to the throne. There's nothing that we could do, and Paul knows that. It's nothing that we have done or what we could do. We have been blessed by God because we are, the Bible says this, we are in Christ. That's why we're blessed. We are in Christ. We're brothers and sisters. We are, we are heirs to the throne. We are heirs to grace. We are heirs. We are brothers and sisters in Jesus. What he gets, we get because we're one. And so that's being blessed in Christ is what he's talking about. Now, by birth, we are in Adam. He's the head of the human race. By birth. So think about little Clayton over here. I said, don't give me that look. Hateful thing look like your sister by birth we are of adam the bible tells us in romans five twelve. wherefore as by one man sin entered into the world and death by sin and so death passed upon all men for that all have sinned but here's the thing by grace through faith we are in christ by grace, through faith, we are in Christ. So when we are saved, we, we, are, 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 we transition from being of, of Adam, which means going to hell, to of Christ, which means going to heaven. That's that transition for us. We're going from Adam to Christ. We go from hell to heaven. So we are in Christ. Romans 5, 17 so as if "...by one man's offense, death reigned by one." much more they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one, Jesus Christ. That's Jesus right there. For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, those who are in Adam are cursed. If you're here today and you have not accepted Jesus in your life, you are cursed. You are, you a cursed person, cursed man, cursed woman. But if you are sitting here today and you are in Christ. You are a blessed person. You're a blessed human being. 1 Corinthians 15, says, For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. That verse right there absolutely sums up everything that I, I, I can't think of m- many more verses like that right there that sum this up. For as in Adam all die, every one of us, for in Adam we die, even so in Christ shall be, all be made alive. Yeah, we're going to die. This flesh is going to die out. That's what he's saying. The flesh is going to die. We're, we're not going to make it very long. But the soul will go on to be with Jesus. The soul is what we're talking about here. Then it will be alive. And it, as the Bible says, it will be alive forevermore. Not just alive, but alive forevermore. How has God blessed us in Christ? Again, that's a question just for you. How has God blessed you in Christ? As Christians, we can all have the same answer He saved us, but then we can take it a lot deeper, make it more personal. Make it personal. Thirdly, God has blessed us with all spiritual blessings. That's one of my favorite parts of this one little verse right here. It says, With all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. God has blessed us with spiritual blessings. And and there's so much. Man, if you just stop and think about the spiritual blessings that he has given each one of us. This church, its members, our families. Spiritual here could mean that these things, these blessings are, are not material. And I think when we think about blessings, we think material. God has blessed me with a marriage. God has a good marriage. God has blessed me with children. God has blessed me with the church. God has blessed me with with a roof over my head and, and, and and a car to drive. That's the kind of blessings that we think about when we think about blessings that he has given us. We always think material. It's not material that he's talking about right here. God has not just given us some spiritual blessings. He had spiritual blessings. That verse right there is very plain. It says, Who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings. All. I wish I would capitalize that. Y'all could see it. All spiritual blessings. Not some, not a few, not a handful, not a couple, not three. All. He has blessed us with all. Spiritual blessings. I cannot, I can't explain to you how much that means to me, knowing that he has blessed us with all spiritual blessings. That's deep when you really dig that out. These blessings are, are products of God's grace. And Lord knows we need God's grace right now. Now, as we read through this a while ago, there was different little words popped out from verse 3 all the way to 14 that, that talks about these, this grace, these blessings that are products of God's grace. And they include election, adoption, redemption, forgiveness, revelation, inheritance, and sealing. And I love that sealing. We are sealed. Sealed. We cannot be taken away. Romans 8, 38 and 39 says that we cannot, cannot be taken away from the love of God. There is nothing that can remove us from God's hand. Not one thing. There's nothing. And I know I probably ought to read Romans 8, 38 and 39 after we read Ephesians 1 because everybody sees predestinated on here a couple times. They're like, oh, he's already picked out who he wants to go to heaven. No, he ain't. He has left that up to you. He has left that totally up to you. We won't get into that one because I think y'all are smart enough. Three times in this eulogy, Paul emphasizes that God deserves to be glorified because of these blessings. Three times in one verse, he tells us, That we need to be blessing God. We need to be, taught in this eulogy, he's telling us God has blessed us. We need to praise him for the blessings that he has given us. And I'm going to read them. Verse 6 says, To the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved. Verse 12 says that we should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted in Christ. And verse 14 says, Which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redeemer of the purchased possession until or unto the praise of his glory praise god praise god for the lows all those valleys we got to go through we're to praise god for the highs on those mountaintops praise god for the trip in between the two we got to keep praising god you think about the children of israel as they wandered around in the wilderness they what they do They were true Baptists. They grumbled and griped and complained the whole time. Give me quail. Give me water. Give me something else to drink. Give me something else to eat. He did it. They still complain. For 40 years, they should have been wandering around just praising God. For however long we are on this earth, we need to be wandering around praising God. It's rough. Sometimes this life can stink. I mean, it can absolutely just destroy you. But you've got to find the blessings that God has given us, even though it's dark and meek and and it sometimes can get a little bit lonely here, you find the blessings and you praise God. Paul, of all people, all the things that he went through, through the beatings and the stonings and the jailing and 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 being run out of town and all that he went through, he still praised God through it all. Even Jesus, as he was taken in custody and the false trial and all that he went through as he died on that cross, he still thanked God. And he still found time to ask God to forgive us. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. He knew the power and the strength of the Father and he still reached out to him and said forgive them for they know not what they do. Praise God no matter what. Now these spiritual blessings are Remember, these are in heavenly places. That's what the Bible, that's what verse 3 is telling us right here, in heavenly places. And it's used five times in Ephesians. Paul wrote that, f- I hope that is unplugged. Is it? Okay. Ephesians, I'm not going to read these. Ephesians 1, 1.3, 1.20, 2.6, 3.10, and 6.12. He uses that five times. But I, I do want to read verse 20 right here. It says, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand. Listen, in heavenly places. In the heavenly places. Chapter 2, verse 6. I want to read that one too. And it says, Hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. I love that. Jesus is in heavenly places. Jesus is in heavenly places. And guess where I am? In Christ Jesus. Guess where you are as a Christian? In Christ Jesus. So if Christ Jesus is in heavenly places and you're in Christ Jesus, that means you're in heavenly places. That means that's where your blessings are going to come from. I'm in Christ. He's in heavenly places. And in heavenly places, he's in me. That's where he... I love that. I don't know that you can... We don't talk about that enough. Where he is, I'll be there. But where he is... That's where my blessings are coming from. It is from him in those heavenly places. This world is not all that there is. A lot of people go through this life right now and they're they're tore all to pieces. They're like, if this is all that there is, I just can't make it anymore. If this world is all I have to live in, I just don't want to be here right now. They haven't seen their blessings. Well, what they need to understand is that there's an unseen kingdom that they have an opportunity to make it to. There's an unseen world. There's an unseen heaven. We know it's there. We just can't see it. But we can experience it someday. It's unseen. The kingdom of God. We're bound there. We're heading there right now. Don't know when we're going to get there. Hopefully pretty soon. And in this kingdom, Jesus already is exalted as Lord. In this kingdom, we are blessed. In this kingdom. And I can't wait to get to that kingdom. I've done got my passport stamped and ready to go. Can't wait to get there and see all that there is there to see. This world might not see us as blessed. As Christians, we're, we're persecuted. As Christians, and I've had to deal with this for two weeks now, I've had to, uh, that same question, why does good thing, or bad things happen to good people? I'm sick and tired of that question. i just sum it up with God's will. It's just God's will. I don't understand it don't claim to understand it but it's just God's will but if these people here on earth could just see that we really are blessed people Christians might it might seem like we go through a lot more than other people but we are blessed beyond measure we are blessed but because of these this heavenly places that we're talking about it's obvious that that we have been spiritually blessed in Ephesus I'm going to shift gears for just a second. In Ephesus, there was this widespread worship of the goddess Diana. And there's another word for her. Diana was a Roman. What was the Greek? Alfred, Elf, Alfredi? What? Aphrodite, something like that. Yeah, it starts with an A. I know that part. But in the Romans, which is what, the, it's what Paul's talking about, Diana was being worshiped there in Ephesus. And so as he wrote this, again, he, he wrote it praising God because he needed to, because not that the church here in Ephesus was, was worshiping Diana at the time, but he needed to ri- remind them who God was and who Christ was and who that they should be worshiping and to give them some encouragement as they go out because the Romans were worshiping this Diana. She had, a, had her own little temple and had a little rock in there. If you go back over in Acts, it talks about the rock fell from Jupiter that's a, probably a meteorite. But they had this temple and they were worshiping the, the wrong God. There's a little g goddess that's worshiping the wrong person. Maybe Paul is comparing the worship of Diana to the worship of Jesus right here. He saying, look at where your blessings come from. There are no blessings that come from a meteorite or from Diana. Y'all think I'm crazy, but it's over in Acts 19. They're talking about this, this rock that fell from Jupiter. It, those that are worshiping this rock and worshiping this goddess, where are your blessings coming from? Well, first and foremost, you ain't getting blessings. There are no blessings coming from a rock, from Jupiter, and a goddess. But he said, look at, look at our, our loving God. Look at this God that we serve. Look at this God that gave his only begotten son. Look to the author and the finisher of our lives. Look at this one God right here, because this one God that I'm talking about, this one God right here is love. Diana's not love. God is love. They have every spiritual blessing in heavenly places because of God, not Diana. You are richer than you think. This morning, as you sit here and you think about your life and you think about all the things that God has done for you and how he's provided for you, you are a lot richer than you think that you are. I'm serious, you are some kind of rich. Compared to, to most people on earth, we're richer financially than we think. This was fun. Yesterday I was sitting there in my study and I decided I'm gonna see just how rich we really are. So I went to a little place called Global Reach List, Rich List, sorry. And and this was some numbers that it threw out, and it absolutely blew my mind. If your annual income is $20,000, you're in the top 11% richest people in the world. If your annual income is $35,000, you are in the top 6% richest people in the world. If your annual income is $50,000, you are in the top 1%, actually 2%, richest people in the world. So, of course, riches here on earth are temporary. Look at Steve Jobs. Rich man, rich, rich man. Did he take anything with him when he died? Not a dime. Not a dime. He gave a lot. He tried to do good works. And to my knowledge, he, he, he always rejected Christ. So we know what that means. But he couldn't take any of that with him. Not a dime. Went with him. Spiritual riches are eternal. Eternal. Whatever you got in your pocket right now, if you leave this place and the Lord calls you home, I promise you it ain't going with you. My sister, we were talking the other day, and she was she was laughing at Cole because Cole, he was sweating it. He only had, I think it was like 85 or $87 in his checking account. That was it. And I said, it don't matter. He couldn't take it with him. It don't matter. He'd been saving up to buy his truck, and well, he did. He actually put the big deposit down on it, but... She was talking about how he'd be so mad right now because he didn't have anything hardly in the bank. I kept saying it don't matter. You can't take it with him. You can't take it with you when you go. But spiritual riches, yeah, they're eternal. They last forever. If you're in Christ, you're richer than you think. That verse again says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. All these blessings have been given to us by God's grace. It is only by God's grace that we receive them. And I am so thankful for his grace and his love. I'm very thankful for all his many blessings. Our lives should bless God each day because of all the blessings from him. Everything we do, we should do for him, should honor him, and it should bless him. As, as Paul said, you know, he started out writing and praising God. We should start out every day the same way. We should start out praising God and continue to praise God all day long. All day long. Because he has blessed us greatly. I mean greatly. I, I can't stress that enough. He has blessed us greatly. Stand with me just a moment. We're going to close out. I'm getting old, stinky, I should have preached longer. He's he's going to sleep. <laughs> Again, we thank y'all so much for everything and and for for being gracious and allowing us a little bit of time to to just to, to be a family. Last Sunday it wasn't it, it had to be my family because I hadn't been with my family like I should have been. Um, but it was really good last Sunday just for the the five of us to just to be a family. No offense, Gideon. Sorry, you wasn't there. But we were just we were together, and it was nice, and I appreciate that. But keep praying. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be tough. We got lots of stuff to deal with, and uh, it's gonna be a long, long road to hoe, ho, But it'll be it'll be all right because God's grace is sufficient. We know that. Let's pray, Lord God. Today, as we close out this uh, this day with with my family, uh, with my brothers, with my sisters, with with this church, this family that that you have put together. God, we just thank you for them. Thank you for their hearts, for their passion, for their desire. Uh, Lord, for the love that they have for one another, for the love they've shown to us. And I pray, God, that you'd bless them greatly for that. And all those heavenly places that we were just talking about, Lord, as the blessings fall down upon them. Lord, I pray that they'd see just how rich they are, not financially, but, Lord, spiritually. You have blessed us greatly, and I thank you so much for that. And I pray, God, that you just keep us safe in all that we do this week. Lord, we just thank you for your, your time that you've given us together. And, Lord, I pray we can get back to, to something normal here soon. And, and, Lord, I pray that we glorify you every time we get together. Lord, I pray as we leave this place and we go about our business and go, uh, Lord, I pray that you just allow us to praise you. And we'd find every little blessing that you bestow upon us, Lord, that give us an opportunity just to stop and praise you a little bit more thank you just a little bit more and tell others just a little bit more about your son jesus christ and i pray god again that you would just continue to bless move and grow this church all this in your son's name we pray amen amen all right you're dismissed